I don't give a shit that my kid can multiply eight times eight. Like I want him to know how to handle when there's like frustration, like blowing up in his system and he can still find peace and well-being and then be great with other people. Like to me, that's a way more powerful tool than I just think there's places that you can focus to create sense of safety, a sense of acceptance and love in your children. And the only way to do that is um, to, to go first, you know, to, to be the leader that they get to follow. Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's got to be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging, this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever. I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? that one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time. And for us, that's perfect. Because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our personal development without the fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, welcome to our show. Now let's get started. All right. So again, I'd love to start with just an amazing acknowledgement that someone wrote to us on iTunes and this person named Funk Yeah, which is an awesome name, wrote uh, with the headline, My Aha Moment. By the way, for all of you listening, I will be reading these uh, starting every single podcast going forward. So if you'd like to receive a free, amazing gift, just make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a review. And when I read yours, just go and email me at elon at satoriprime.com and I will personally send you a wonderful gift. So Funky Air writes, I cannot get enough of this podcast. Elon and Guy have ignited a spiritual awakening and realization exploration of self that I've been craving for so long. It's not just about inspiration. This podcast is a tool to better understand yourself and your role and others' roles within the universe. I've experienced a positive shift in my communication, relationships, professional advancements, and even parenting. I often find myself screaming, yes, 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 while listening. Thank you. And thank you, Funk Yeah. Reach out to me, Elon at satoriprime.com, and I will send you a wonderful gift. All right, and now let's get to the new show. I wanted to uh, re basically re-engage and let you guys know about uh, June here at Satori Prime Land and um, that the month of June is all about parenting and, and honoring parents and um, I had a, a cool experience not too long, well, this weekend actually, and uh, my wife had gone out with her friends and all the dads were doing the solo dad thing and some have two kids, some had three kids, a whole bunch of different ages, et cetera. And I was just kind of being this like observant, I think because we're working on this whole like parenting launch, like it's just so in my space right now. So I'm just watching all the interactions. I'm watching like the, the dads be with their kids and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that just kept 
popping up time and time again was, man, doing this solo, and I know that you, you and I have spoken about this also, is seriously, like, I got this to say to anyone that's, that's out there doing, like, the solo parent thing. It is... I had the same, same conversation with someone yesterday. It, you know, I, I, I feel so blessed that I have a wife that we are so in this together. Like, we love, I mean, love, love, love being parents. We love developing our skill sets as parents. Uh, so we're not just like locked into this is the way you parent. We're just in a constant evolution of it. But for all the, the people that are out there by themselves and, and don't have that reflection, don't have that partner to like tap, tap out to in those moments where like everything gets really heated. Um, seriously, like my just utmost honoring and respecting of who you are and where you're at in your life. And, um, I'm a big believer that everything happens in its divine timing. And we've, we've cosmically selected, you know, whether we're going to raise kids solo or, or in a partnership. Um, I just want to offer any solo parent out there. And if you're listening right now and you know, a solo parent, please share this with them, um, to, to reach out, be, be a part of a community, uh, get some resource, get some, get some feedback and reflection. Um, you know, I, I know uh, many times it probably feels like you're all alone on this Island. Um, I think even parents that do it together feel like that. So I can only imagine as a solo parent. Um, and yeah, I just wanted you to know that, that you're not alone and there are definitely people, myself and guy, I'm sure everyone here in our community that would absolutely love to support and, and, uh, be of any sort of service to you in any way, shape, or form. And I'm just really, um, just this month of honoring parents, I, th- I think it would be uh, amiss if we didn't just honor all those people who have been doing it on their own. You had a similar conversation with someone? I was talking to Mandy's mom and she comes over and helps us uh, once a week and we go to their house once a week. And she came over a few days ago and Mandy was out of the house and I was just there and I was actually just praising her, <laughs> praising her. I mean, I praise my wife all the time for being a great mother, but I was praising her mother just for the help. I think that's like the, the really shocking thing is not that, I mean, I know people say parenting is hard work and my, my overall experience is still pretty limited in the grand scope of things um, with a, you know, almost seven month year old, but I've gotten a, a, pr- a fairly good dose of it at this point in time. So um, I think the, the, Definitely, the shocking thing is the amount of presence it requires. You don't, you don't get the uh, like those little moments to yourself. I think are what you don't realize are going to go thing, which is like you want a moment of quiet or yeah. a moment of self reflection, or you want to turn in work or you know consume some stupid social media stuff or anything like that. And it's like in the moment where the kid wants your attention, you get you ain't got that time no more. So, and in the beginning, there's like this um, selfish part that comes up. That's like. I want my time, my time, right? And it takes a little, it takes a little, and I'm sure that that's still, at, you know, you probably still have to play with that at times for yourself as well. Um, but certainly the, uh, it takes a village becomes really apparent very quickly. Even, even it's not a two person job, in my opinion. It's like maybe like a 50 person job, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I, I felt the same way. I'm like, I just don't know. I could not even imagine how single parents do it. Every time I see, a single mom with like, you know, one in the stroller, one in her arms or anything like that. I'm just beside myself. Yeah. I, I just, I just beam so much love to them. I'm like, 
God bless you and everything and like be, be a great uh, steward for these beings. So that, that's the first thing I just want to say, because I, I think it's, it's amazing. I, I really, really do think it's amazing. The other piece that I became very aware of is the way that, that we raise children um, as a society and as a whole and as human beings. And I'm going to make like a very uh, generic kind of like uh, buckets of, of this, but I'm just going to call it like people who raise their kids consciously and people who raise their kids unconsciously. And I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I'm just putting them in these two buckets and I'll kind of give you a little bit of a definition. So unconscious parenting uh, or one of the facets of unconscious parenting is this like the living vicariously through your kids, the having your kids do things that, that you did when you were growing up or wish you would have done growing up and like really um, driving your kids towards these things because there's something like either you got enjoyment from it. Maybe there was an inadequacy or something that you didn't quite fulfill on that you want them to be better at. But it's really interesting to see like this unconscious route of just kind of like following that same thread that you've had in life and like how important that becomes to pass on to your children to the point where it almost becomes when you're watching it from the outside, it's almost a little, um, I'm going to use the word forceful. I don't know that it's like forceful, but just that that's kind of the word that came through. It's like they have to do this or they have to be good at this or they have to do it that way or whatever it is. And so I got really present to that this weekend. And I think the flip side of that, um, what I'll just call conscious parenting is being a lot more open and a lot more fluid to, Hey, I'm here to simply nourish and guide this being to flourish in whatever it is that they're wanting. And it's really difficult. Like I've seen parents where say like a father and his son and the son, for whatever reason, he's not into sports. He's not supremely athletic. And the father was this, you know, like hot shot, whatever athlete. And you could just see how much it drives them nuts when their son doesn't want to participate or doesn't take instruction or doesn't do things the way that like they think that it needs to be done. Um, instead of just getting interested in nourishing what that being is interested in, like maybe that being is interested in writing or singing or playing instruments or drawing or whatever it is. But, but we're so locked into this visualization of like, this is what life looks like when you're having fun. And this is what, you know, a, a boy looks like when he's succeeding at whatever. And it's just, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this as a judgment and I'm not saying this is wrong in any way, shape or form. I just find it really interesting. The more personal development I do on myself and like unlocking my gifts, you know, and, and figuring that out and then being just open to, sharing that with my kids and like, however that occurs in their world, it gets to occur in the world. I'm not like beating them up or myself up for not having them live a life in a certain way. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I, th- I think what you're talking about is like what what is achievement, right? And and how do we as adults like propagate that kind of idea on children as to what it means to be like a, a valid human being or a successful human being. So it comes up for me. It's like until we really dismantle that within ourselves, like that you know we get love or we get acceptance or whatever it is that we're all looking for, right? Which I think are pretty universal human things that if it keeps being tied to achievement, then we're always going to make it about what our parents told us it was about or what society told us it was about. Yeah. Um, and then it's, you know, unjust and unfairly putting children into like this um, box of what self-expression gets to look like inside of that or, you know, what kind of actions you take and all the rest of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating to watch you know, so Guy and I have been working in the personal development space uh, for 17 years, let's say, right? And so now that I think we both have these little beings, and I, I saw your post the other day about like watching the evolution of a human being, like creating their experience of life, you could just see at such a young age how certain things are being imprinted constantly. And And my kids are in you know, that stage where it's like every, just there's so much growth from verbal to math to science to sports to understanding the body. It's just constant. And throughout all of it, because of our background of like human behavior and I'm watching it happen in front of my eyes and realizing how big of a role as parents we play in this, whether we're conscious or unconscious, like you, if you're a parent, are playing a massive role in your child's upbringing and, and, and development, like mental and emotional IQ, you are imprinting that on them. Now, whether you share that in language where it's like, hey, son or daughter, you know, like this is what happens when fear kicks in. Maybe you don't have those tools and you don't know how to quite share that. And that's totally fine. Here's what I can tell you, though. The way that you respond to fear the way that you respond to sadness, the way that you respond to any sort of adversity, your kids are always watching. In fact, they're the ones that at times are creating the adversity, right? And then they watch as you react. That reaction becomes their reaction. You're literally showing them like, this is what happens when you get frustrated. This is how you respond when you get sad. This is how you... And it has nothing to do with you telling them like, Hey, this is how you should respond when you're sad. They're literally watching you moment by moment by moment. And so I find it to be of paramount importance. If you're up to raising conscious beings that you first have to lead, like you as a dad or a mom, you get to be the one that, that steps out and does the work so that you can share it experientially with them. Not as like, oh, you should do this because I never did this in my life. And like, I know that that would make a big difference for you. Yeah, I mean, I see us kind of the, I guess you're always walking a tightrope as a parent, right? Between um, letting them kind of explore on their own and figure it out and thing and trying to like move the ship where you think it's supposed to go. I I, I find like at this point in time, right? Like we know for our baby um, at this part of the psychology or from what we know about psychology and states and stages and stuff like that, it's all about safety. So our our measuring stick is like, you know, how do we make this being feel as safe as possible? And there's a lot of things that are very counterintuitive to that with what they tell you to do to children. That's me. It's like just from logic, it's like, that's not going to make them feel safe. That's not going to make them feel safe. But what I find, um, this even happened last night. It's like wanting to make decisions. There's like parts that want to make decisions out of convenience for you. 
Always. that are not that are not convenient for the child. And then it's like, well, what is that? What does that develop in their psychology? Um, so, and I and, and I know people say like parents sacrifice a lot for their kids. You could call it sacrifice. Or you could just say it's a different different way of being. Like just being a being an adult as a parent is just a different way of being than it would be as a a parent without one. I don't know if it's sacrifice necessarily. It's making a conscious choice that I'm going to make these changes for my life for the well-being of somebody else. And, and there's a lot of gifts that come along with that that you know people that um, don't take this ride probably just won't won't know about. Um, but that's what I feel probably continues to happen even as you get older. It's like you you do make a lot of choices, and I, I think like even with devices right now, I see even Jaden, you know, seven, seven months old almost, how drawn he is to devices, and how easy it would be to just be like, here, hold this, and don't squeak for fifteen minutes, you know, or whatever it is, yeah. we have a little time to ourselves. Um, but again, like just making a lot of things out of choices out of convenience versus really what's good for the child or what feels like it's good for the child. Not that we, not that we really know what's good for the child. Yeah. And I think that that brings up a really good point. Cause like at the end of the day, I don't care how amazing of a household you create and how good you are as parents and how loving you are and all that stuff. Like they're receiving reality through their own filters and constructs. So for example, like guy and I, grew up in the same exact household. I, I mean, I guy, you'd probably agree that mom and dad loved us both equally. There was never this like favoritism where you felt like, you know, Elon gets all the attention or anything like that. Right. No, no never. Oh, very equal, very loving parents. Yeah. Like we, we, we just grew up in, in an amazing, amazing household with two incredible beings who cared and did many things um, to, to make us feel loved and, and safe and supported and all that stuff. And, you know, Guy, at some point when he was 12 years old, like stuff happened and he went into a very, very dark place for seven years and became suicidal, you know, and I, in that same environment, thrived. So it's not like our parents did things for me that had me thrive that they didn't do for Guy that had him go into that place, right? Perception is reality. Exactly. That's the thing. So it's like, it almost doesn't matter what you do and how you do it. Just knowing that sometimes like give yourself a break and let yourself off the hook. Look, your child, whether you want to believe this or not, chose you in this incarnation to be his or her parent. Okay. Knowing full well how you're going to operate as a parent and knowing full well that there are certain lessons that this soul wants to experience. So we all have things. I've not met a human being on planet Earth that does not have things that they are working on. doesn't matter what upbringing, like we all got stuff because we all have different perceptions of how we perceived reality. So just giving yourself a little bit of like a break, it's not like you're fucking up your kids and you're not breaking them. It's just at the end of the day, that's the journey, right? Like they're going to make stuff up about you, about your relationship with your husband or wife, about their environment and circumstances, your relationships that they have with friends, et cetera. So I think at the end of the day, we can't protect them from those things happening. Those are going to happen. I think as stewards and like partners with them on, in this game, we can begin to give people, the, these little beings, tools and technologies and maps that make the experience and the perception feel different and have different impacts. The only way to do that, however, is to go first. Like you can't, 
read a book and be like, Hey son, read this, you know, like they need the experiential part of it. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's why to me, like parenting is, is so important and why personal development has been driving that. Hello, my favorite listener. That's you. I wanted to share with you some of the amazing results and breakthroughs your fellow Satorians are experiencing as we speak from being in the collective with us. So if you haven't heard about the collective or what you're missing out, check this out. So Amanda writes, a couple of years ago, I was destitute, living back with my parents at 36. I'd lost my job, was overcome with chronic illness and a strong victim mindset, and I was totally stuck. Through the influence of your training, I'm enjoying a much more fulfilling life. I've moved back home, gotten a great job, taken control of my health, and even bought the car I've always wanted. I'm ready to go even further into my awakening and manifest the life I truly deserve. I couldn't be happier to be part of this tribe of amazing human beings. Robin said to us, thank you. Since March, I've started meditating every day. I've lost 27 pounds. I've resigned from a job that I hated, but stuck with because of the money. And I've already received three new job offers and even taken one of them that is paying more and I'm much happier. Plus, my relationship with my husband is flourishing too. Thank you. And Paul writes, after talking to my daughter, I now know that I feel relieved and much lighter because of it. Thank you again for everything. You guys have changed my life. I feel like I've come farther in the last few weeks than I have in the last few years. I'm so grateful for your help and support. I love you guys. Look, I know this podcast adds tremendous value to your life. My suggestion is head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and jump headfirst into the collective. After all, it's only a $9 a month investment and you'll get access to Guy and I in a whole new way. You'll learn some of the most cutting edge technology that we share with our best clients, but we can't really share here on the podcast. Imagine you and us interacting with each other live every two weeks for just $9. It's incredible, as you've seen before. So if you're wanting breakthrough results in your life quickly, head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and begin to deepen your journey as a Satorian today. Can I ask you some questions then? As yeah, go for it. For a while in a very different generation with a very different mindset. Yeah. Um, so uh, it hit me uh, like class. There's a graduating class of 2019. I graduated high school in 2001, which means the people who are graduating high school right now were either born the year of or the year after I graduated high school, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, you, you want to hear crazier? My 20 year high school uh, uh, reunion is this uh, year. Yeah, I know. And so my mind's right behind you. So yeah. I, I recognize that, um, which is wild. <laughs> like, yeah, that's wild. But here's the thing, right? So, like, the previous generation was about creating uh, obedient children. Yes. You know, they they didn't say, "Hey, little buddy, you want to get in the car?" They just said, "Get the fuck in the car." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was the bottom line. And I gotta censor myself a little bit. This children around. But um, <laughs> so. Now, right, this this generation, this Gen Z, has this uh, stereotype on them of entitlement, of not working very hard, of being these like social media justice warriors, stuff like that. And I, I take that with a grain of salt because I remember the uh, stereotypes about my generation too, coming out of high school, and how we were just a waste of space, and we were like the lethargic, yeah, the lethargic, and because um, we were the, the grunge era, right, where it was like. F, F everything kind of uh, mentality. And then when like shit hit the fan, our generation showed up. And uh, I mean, by, I remember like when like 9-11 happened and stuff like that. I remember 
people around us really mobilized and, and showed up in some really beautiful ways. So it's like the best comes out of humans when it needs to, right? In those moments. So where's the line between those two things now, right? Because certainly like when I hear about those stereotypes, I'm like, damn, that is not, not what I'm interested in raising. And there has been an evolution on the planet that has, for whatever reason, caused this, right? It's like a pendulum swing. We went from all this obedience to people being like, well, I really did not like my upbringing, being my ass being whipped. So I'm going to be this like super generous parent that um, yeah. make, you know, makes all these things available for my children. Certainly technology is playing a really big role. But we've gone from like this, uh, what, what they call like a hovering Helicopter parenting. Helicopter parents, yeah. I re- recently, I heard the word bulldozer parenting, which sounds like you're not no longer helicoptering, but you're just like making it happen for your kids. Um, for example, and then I'll, I'll ask my question. I, I don't know if this is true, but I read a headline that the spelling bee this year was won by eight children. I, 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 didn't, I saw the same headline. I didn't look into the headline, so I don't So my, my understanding is that eight kids won the spelling bee this year. And which is, I think, also for capitalistic society, that's hard to take on that, like, nobody's actually winning, like, because it's always been about something winning. And, and here we are saying, well, if we became a society free of achievement, things would alter. And yet we are kind of moving towards that in a weird, strange way, maybe through some, like, amorphous thing. So, like, where, where are you on that, you know, between what I think the previous generation wouldn't have called obedience, they would have called structure and you know, current, more modern ways of raising children. Of course, every generation thinks they're doing it more right than the previous generation of kind of like laissez-faire. And I'll say even personally for me, like watching your kids grow up, like I saw how much they were given. And I and it scared me at times because I'm like, they're not going to want to work for anything. They're just going to think they're given everything. Yeah. Where So where, where are you on that now? Um, I mean, it's a really good question. And I think there's actually two facets that are are slightly different. So one I think is more like when it comes to work ethic. The other one is more in this kind of like participatory, you know, like giving people medals for showing up type of thing. Um, I, I think the two are kind of you can kind of make a tie between the two, but I, I don't necessarily see them. By the way, have you have you seen that? Like, is that something that happens in the school with your children? Oh my god, yeah. Oh, that's a real thing. Okay, I, I didn't oh, know that's if a that, real thing. I did, I thought maybe it was like happening some places, but not all places. Oh like, no, 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 no. Shia basically for every sport that he's ever been a part of, they always give him medals at the end. Could you be like, hey, don't give him a medal, or you would? He would see everybody else getting a medal, and then he would feel bad about himself. You could, but I'm sure you know. Like then, what? He's just standing there as everyone else is receiving medals. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. I think there's a couple of things at play. I think generally, as as because we talk about this right in in courses and trainings that we do about like the uh, evolution of of humanity, where you bring in where you were talking about like uh, Ken Wilber's uh, integral models and stuff like that. And so, I believe every generation, and I I've seen it because like I think the children coming today are. I mean, they're brilliant in comparison to the ones that were being born 20, 30 years ago. Like, like my kids far exceed what I was like at seven or eight years old, like far. And, and I don't think that comes from me training. I just think they're coming hardwired with slightly different software than we are. Um, and I think where it's kind of all going to, which is really making the older generations go up, you know, like lose their mind is we have been in a competition world society for a long, long time. Everything was like, I got to get mine because if I don't get mine, no one's going to help me. Right. So that's kind of been like the, especially in this country, that's kind of been the ideology. I would say Israel even more so it's like, 
it's it's a very competitive world. I think these new the new generation is seeking cooperation over competition, and I think they're hardwired. That's beautiful. Differently to seek that. So it's like I don't know the story about the eight spelling bee people, but like these are highly competitive beings. Okay, like you know they work their ass off to no words that no mere mortal knows. Right. So like for eight of them, I'd be really curious to see what the kids said. I bet your ass, the parents are livid, but I'd be really curious to see what the kids would say. I think where we're going is like the breaking of borders across all things, uh, from, from countries to economies to all of it. And I think it's this generation we're going to understand 20, 30, 50 years from now, why the conversations that they grew up with were so different. It's going to make sense down the road. Right now, there's just like the old Reich and the old systems, not seeing that as a gift, but as a downfall. And I think that's just, at least that's my take on on what's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly the environment is... um a big benefit is a big factor to this because it's going to be the one thing that's going to require world cooperation. Yeah. To get better. And we've, we've never really had anything on the planet that's required world cooperation before. Well, exactly. Actually, there's been a lot of things that have actually required world cooperation. We just haven't world cooperated. Um, but this is going to be like something that no one can sort of blind eye to. My, my I guess my question is, you know, historically, so we have found um, motivation through this, right? Free market capitalism. <laughs> And I think we're kind of seeing the uh, the dark side of that more and more so these days. So, you know, like where do you find like I don't I don't see a lack of motivation from your children at all. But where do you think instead of a world of cooperation, where do you see us being? Mo- what are we motivated by? So, look, I mean, you you know me. So you obviously grew up with me. You've you've seen Shia, right, and my son. So, guy knows. Like I was one of, if not the most competitive person you knew growing up, like I had to win at everything. It, it didn't matter what, I mean, like it just didn't matter. It could be sports, it could be school, it could be getting ready in the morning. It didn't matter. Like I had to win. And so in my evolution, I remember when I first, first started new personal development, while that was an amazing skill set and had me achieve awesome things, what I never really saw was the shadow of that which was destroying relationships, uh, making people hate to be around me. There's like all these things that I just was not aware of as I was kind of like what you said, bulldozing my way to achieving results, all of which stemmed from me not feeling whole enough, like me feeling like a loser if I wasn't achieving, right? So I created this whole thing. So now you've seen Shia and like you've kind of seen his evolution. And when he first started whether it was sports or learning to ride a bike. You remember there was this this thing that he put on himself, this like pressure to always achieve and always achieve really, really fast. And very similar to the way that I was, like if he didn't do that, he was was like self-beating himself up and all that stuff, right? So because, again, I went through my process and I kind of saw both sides. I saw the gift of that, but I also saw the shadow. From an experiential point, I could share those things with him so that he could become a lot more aware of finding that balance for himself. I can't find that balance for himself. 
I could just keep sharing my experiences. So he does that. So for example, like, and this is so cool because now we're actually, you know, we talk about like partners in this growth. What I find to be super cool is he got on this kick, very similar to the kick that I had, have sometimes still, where I would just be like, come on, Elon. And I would just keep yelling that to myself. And so obviously in the mimic fashion, he learned that and I'm hearing him. So we've had many conversations about like, what does come on mean, right? Like what's underneath that phrase, what's actually happening internally. And so we kind of discuss like, what are those levels? So when you you could say, come on and right. Like some people will be like, Oh, he's just motivating himself. Yeah. But you know what? There's also a part that's beating up you for not being good enough in that moment for not achieving fast enough for not. And then that judgment on yourself is also the same judgment he has on others. So when he's playing with someone and someone else does something that he doesn't like, he automatically goes to the same judgment, which is come on. Like, and now you're making that person feel bad and all that stuff. And so because I've done that work, we can have that conversation. And what's super cool is that now we're in a game together that when he hears me say, come on, he actually calls me out on it. So I'm getting the reflection back from him. He's getting the reflection back from me. And I think at the end of the day, it's all about finding that balance. I think, you know, where you talked about the kids, like the being fully entitled, that's kind of like the, the pendulum has swung in the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And we're really looking to find kind of where does that fall in the middle where I have that, that edge where I really want to achieve and I'm not willing to destroy everything in my path in order to have it happen. I'm more interested in, can we achieve together? Can I bring a team with me to go make this happen? Because doing it alone doesn't, doesn't fulfill me. And I think that's kind of what's happening with these kids today is like, they are more interested in that, like, like doing it as a whole, not just the, being the one that's standing up on the mountain, like, yeah, look at me, everybody. Well, something that I hear is really different um, from even how me and you were raised and as good as we feel like we were raised, I, like now I obviously see a lot of holes, right? And, and not because mom and dad were like inept or anything. They just honestly didn't have the experience or the know-how or the knowledge to totally. to do or be these things. Um, and they're very, you know, aware people. So what I see is, A, like introspection is a big part um, because you've done the work. Like mom and dad didn't get introspective in that way till much later in life. And by then it's like, you know, we had less to get rid of. So we, we were the ones that went deeper into the work first. Um, kind of probably the same for you, right? Like you get to see with him, like how quickly things get to shift because he doesn't have a lot of layers. He's like, dude, right now it's a strategy, but it hasn't become a full on automated habit. Exactly. Yet. So it can be, you know, there's a malleability to it where it's like when we were young, <clears throat> I don't think people saw personality as malleable. They saw it as static. So it's like, oh, you're doing that. So it was more about like, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the child's like, well, I, I get it because that's not working for me because mom and dad are not happy. This isn't working for me. But they're like, I don't know how to stop doing that. And then there's a frustration internally, like a war begins because it's like not only am I a way that's not being approved of, I also don't really have the tools to get rid of it. So I'm frustrated that I show up totally. that way, which makes you show up that way even more. Totally. And then if you layer even more on top of that, the parent was like, oh, oh, I could see myself in the child. I don't like that in me. Yes. So don't, don't do what I do. Just do what I say because I don't want you to be like me. Exactly. And, the child, and now the child's even more frustrated because they're like, what they're seeing is the parent doing that. So they're like, what do you want me to be better than you? You idiot, you know? Um, you it. So it's like these, like these like three part layers that 
didn't really really allow for the child to be given a space to explore something new because the environment wasn't conducive for it. You, I mean, you absolutely nailed it. And I think this is the part that we're, you know, like Guy and I here at Story Prime, like are really, really adamant about is that, you know, the things that you're avoiding or are frustrating you about your kids are those things, they're like these little growth ninjas that, that don't really have a, a way to describe to you what they're doing. But at the, at the end of the day, if you watch and you really start to pay attention, the things that they're highlighting and triggering inside of you are those aspects of you that they came here to be like, hey, dad, this is what you get to work on. This is what you told me that you want to work on. So I'm going to come here and I'm going to keep pushing these buttons till you heal that aspect of yourself. Because I need you to show up as this kind of dad for me to support my growth and my mission on this planet. So like, let's work together and make this happen. And I can, I mean, like I can't give you scientific data, but I can unequivocally tell you that when you take on, so you get frustrated. Like I'll I'll give you a really uh, simple example. So when I raise my voice to Aaliyah, she's like, it does it's not like yelling, just raise my voice at her. She gets really, really upset, like really upset where Shia has, doesn't have that reaction, right? She gets really, really upset. She shuts down. She gets really sad. She runs away, etc. Now that's more like me. Yeah. So I could be like, Hey, whatever, right? Like you deserve it because you didn't listen to Abba and like, that's what needs to happen. Right. So here it is. There's the consequence. And I can be all righteous and all that stuff about it. Or I can notice that this little being, when I'm, I'm, I'm looking to create some sort of result, whatever the result might be, right. Get out of the house, change clothes, whatever it is. Right. And then I yell and then she disappears because she just got scared, et cetera. In those moments, I was like, Ooh, that was ineffective, right? It didn't create the result that I wanted. It was highly ineffective. So instead of going like, well, this is the way I parent and that she should just listen. And next time she'll know better because whatever. I could actually pause for a moment and go, okay, that was ineffective. What happened here that triggered that aggressive response out there that then had that little girl have that kind of impact, right? Because she didn't do anything. She pushed something inside of me and that something inside of me felt uncomfortable. And my response of dealing with that discomfort was, oh, let me show you. You can't push that button in me. Because that makes me feel comfortable and not have to deal with this. If instead I went and dealt with that and what I started to see was, you know what? When I feel uh, ignored or unheard, it makes me upset inside. And when, by the way, aggression is a reaction to sadness. That's, we get aggressive when we're sad. That's how we protect ourselves. So she does something. It makes me sad. Like I'm being ignored, right? Like a little five-year-old being ignored and, oh, I'm going to make you pay attention to me. And then I become aggressive. So now I know this about myself. Then I can go and have that conversation with her and be like, hey, so the way I responded to you earlier, this is what happened. I actually realized that when I was saying this, this, and this, I got sad and upset because I felt like I wasn't heard 
and I felt like I was being ignored. And the way that I responded wasn't the way that I wanted to respond. I didn't mean to yell at you. It was just a response to that. Do you forgive me? First of all, for you to ask for forgiveness from your children is like mind blowing to them. It, it just, just do it once and watch the look on their face because they think about you as a child. Like you looked at your parents as Superman and Superwoman. They were infallible beings who made no mistakes. You only found that out later. And they put in question all of these other things that had happened in your childhood that you're not looking back on like, but if you can build that from the beginning, it's like, I'm a human, you're a human. I'm growing and developing, you're growing and developing. Why don't we play this game together instead of me being this like righteous, God-like being that just keeps telling you what to do, which must feel like for a lot of kids because everything is like, don't do that, don't do this, do this, do that faster, like this their entire lives. And as soon as I did that, uh, it gave me such access to explore and experiment with just a new way of being with my daughter. Where it's like, now I get down on my knee and I can have a conversation with her and I can see that she's actually registering it instead of me just like pounding it into her, which is just ineffective. I won't get into the whole spiral dynamics thing of like power red and, and that kind of structures that have built that type of psychology for a lot of people. Um, but I, I look, I, I think a lot of people walk around this world feeling powerless and you're suddenly put into a situation in a relationship where you're powerful, uh, infallible you know, so to speak, by, by many people's uh, viewpoint on it. Um, and there's a part of the ego that gets fed by that, that infallibility. Um, I think it's certainly more interesting to be in a partner relationship. And look, you're, you're committed to your growth, right? If you weren't, and you're telling your kids who are in a growth process, hey, grow until yeah. you become this static human being, but I'm not going to, they're, they're also going to resist this right and not going to want to do that they're going to see themselves as being more static like oh this is just the way they am i remember pretty late into my teens to be honest not late into my teens maybe like 15 16 it took me a while to realize that mom and dad this is going to sound weird but this is i, I distinctly remember this for me it took me a while to realize that mom and ha- dad had a depth and complexity of the emotions that i did mm. it just did i remember thinking like i have very complex difficult emotions that mom and dad just don't understand. I almost looked at them as emotionless human beings. Certainly wow. dad, certainly dad more so. Yeah. And I, I was just like, they just don't have these type of emotions. So they don't understand what I'm going through. Totally. And I felt that way about a lot of things, you know, those just kind of, again, perception is reality. Um, which is why I never really felt like I, someone could help me or really understand what exactly it was that was happening to me at the internal level. And you, you mentioned 12 years old was like, I think more of a catalyst of, obviousness that things like that were happening. Now, when I track back the energy, I can remember that stuff when I was like three or four years old. Yeah. Easily. I can remember, I remember, I remember the thoughts and the moments where I didn't feel safe and how I used to feel about mom, uh, other men, like all these little things I had that, you know, later on flourished into some of these really big ideas and kind of the ways that I was, but it, I really can track it back to certain perceptions of like very specific moments when I was a very young kid, just like you being left alone at home and stuff like that. I mean, I remember, yeah. I remember like in, in Israel is like a very like a kind of like an Italian culture where like men hit on women all the time. I remember walking down the street with mom and like hearing cat calls and like wanting to protect her, you know, like at three years old, like being furious with other men. Um, and that just became a way of being for me, you know, like be the protector. Uh, yep. And that, that I built a company around the same principles, you know, yeah. like, like that it's all the same shit. So 
Uh, and then obviously, you know, look, you have a father at home who at times, anytime he like hurts your mother is going to be the you know, kind of like the manifestation of that belief system. So I, I see a lot of that uh, in me. And that's definitely been stuff that I've had to work out of my system, which is not so much the masculine feminine thing, which is certainly part of it, but just not really feeling safe here from a very early age. And it's like, how much does that um, motivate action or, or lack of action? I was going to say, or inaction. Yeah. And, and early, certainly for earlier child, it was lack of action then became too much action for me uh, or, you know, a lot of action. Uh, um, and now it's, yeah, like the, the more safety I work on personally, which is why I think for me, it's such a focus on with my child. And that's why some of the things like the crying it out method and all those things, like for at least from that perspective, have, have not felt um, in alignment for me because it's like, you know, we started look thinking about it. So like if the child is crying like crazy, that's, you know, there's a, the cry of like, I need attention. And there's like a cry, of, like there's something really wrong. But if the child doesn't feel safe, then all the cries become like, there's something really wrong. So we're, we're kind of like, didn't want to tread that line of like going over to the place where the, where our boy has to think that this is the only way I get attention is when I'm losing my shit. And that's how mom and dad pay attention to me, which I know other people would say, well, you know, then you're like uh, always going over there and taking care of it. But that just hasn't been our experience today. And everybody who sees our kid is like, I could see surprised by the amount of like joy and awareness and uh, how good he is with people. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to take credit for things because I do believe kids come here with certain skill sets and stuff like that. And then there's the nature and nurture aspect of it. Um, but I do see, I do see something different with our child and I'm sure there's something different with every child. Yeah. Um, in that regard, that surprises people. Like they're not used to seeing that, especially with someone so young. So I don't know. I, I'd like to take credit for it, but who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I was there. We had, uh, I don't know how many dads there were, but there were probably, 10 or so kids, you know, like varying ages, et cetera. And you could just see like how much certain kids were just very clingy to, to a parent. Certain kids were just like, I'm going to run around like crazy. Other ones that were like kind of in between, um, ones that were self-reliant, one that were kind of like the leaders of the, like it's all already imprinted and, and patterned in. I just think it's really paramount depending again, if you're just like, you're good, kids are great, et cetera. Like these aren't conversations that maybe you want to be having. But uh, I think if you're really up to raising conscious beings, um, having these tools and distinctions and, and experiences that then you can pass on and share, to me, it's like, I don't give a shit that my kid can multiply eight times eight. Like I want him to know how to handle when there's like frustration, like blowing up in his system and he can still find peace and well-being, and then be great with other people. Like to me, that's a way more powerful tool than, you know, like they're all going to have computer. God knows what, like math is going to be a thing of the past. It's like you already have a calculator to do everything you need. So I just think there's places that you can focus to create sense of safety a sense of acceptance and love in your children. And the only way to do that is um, to, to go first, you know, to, to be the leader that they get to follow. Yeah. I know we need to start wrapping up soon. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to actually ask you this. So like, what are the places in education that you wished or wish that get more focus on? Um, obviously, you know, like life skills and spiritual and personal development skills are, are 
I think an obvious one for us, but like where, where else do you wish either the system or something that you want to focus on with your children to do more of? Real quick, uh, Guy dropped the link in there, but uh, satoriprime.com forward slash parenting. Um, you can go to, we're actually doing a live event on the 18th where we'll answer questions like this and anything you want to come and share. Uh, and we're going to just start sharing with you guys some of these technologies. So I, what I, the biggest thing that I'm focusing on today is my energy alignment. And what I mean by that is, uh, being able to stay in a state of well-being while, you know, all this stuff is happening around me. And when you're in that state, then you're not reacting you're coming from that place. I think the more children see you being in that state, the more they get to create that on their own. And one of the things that I continuously do with my children is allow them to know that A, they don't need to do anything to receive my love, to be accepted, to feel like nothing. And then the other piece that I keep bringing in time and time again is like when they're having you know, their emotional experience, whether it's upset, frustration, sadness, whatever, whatever, letting them know that it's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to get them out of it and be like, Oh, you know, here's a cookie. Stop crying. Like I, I, I really, I know it's like a very old school way of doing things to bribe kids, to do all this stuff. I I don't do any of that stuff anymore. I'm really, the more I work on my acceptance of all emotions giving them and passing that on to them so that they can just process these things. Like they're going to be upset. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to be angry throughout life. Like that's, that's being human, knowing what to do with that stuff. So it's not self-destructive or destructive towards others, I think is one of the most important things that, that we can pass on to our children. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so again, uh, mark your calendars, June 18th. Uh, we're going to be doing the live event. Bro, it's at, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? Uh, yes. I believe. Yeah. But if you guys head over to storyprime.com forward slash parenting, you'll find all the information there. And if you have any questions, if you happen to see this live, you could drop them in here, whatever questions you want us to go over. Uh, and if you have any other questions like that you don't want to post in here, find us on Facebook or you can just email me, Elon, I-L-A-N at satoriprime.com. Anything with parenting, uh, that is what we're tackling here in the month of June. So hope you enjoyed this. Thank you for being here and uh, hope you guys have a wonderful week. All right, guys. Hey, hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you to go lock in your $9 per month for life offer to join our collective. I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients and those guys pay us tens of thousands of dollars to work with us. You can have them for just $9 a month. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash the collective. And as always, we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show. So if you head to iTunes and leave us a review right now, you could actually be next week's lucky winner. And lastly, if you do want to connect with Guy and I, head to Facebook right now, join our personal development without the fluff private group, ask for permission. There's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well. And you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, 
and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.